and welcome to The Moon Podcast, featuring stories, conversations, and commentary about feminist agroecology from around the world. I'm your host, Anika Rice, and I'll be exploring everything from moon cycles to midwifery, from crop rotation to kombucha brewing, from herbalism to homesteading. How do women, both rural and urban, connect to nature? What does that process of connection look like? In this episode, you'll hear an interview with Kari Rhine of Nature Spirit Herbs. Kari and her husband James are based in southern Oregon and run a seaweed business. They harvest seaweed from the waters off of the California coast. Inland, at their house in the valley, is where all the seaweed gets hung up to dry, then processed for food and medicine. First, I'll give you a short introduction to the types of seaweed out there. Seaweeds are extremely mineral-rich and nutritive. There are green, red, and brown seaweeds. The green seaweeds are generally known as the superfoods. They're high in iron. These include things like sea lettuce and velvet staghorn. The red seaweeds have nutritive actions. They are high in protein as well as iron, and some of them have beneficial gels that are great for the skin. Some red seaweeds include nori, dulse, and Turkish towel. The brown seaweeds are detoxifying and cleansing. They're very medicinal. Some of them can be used to treat thyroid imbalances and address reproductive issues. These seaweeds include bladderwrack, wakame, and kombu. Bladderwrack is a go-to thyroid support seaweed, and it's blood balancing as well. Wakame is high in iodine and is great for breast health. So, as we know, seaweeds grow in the ocean, which is influenced by the tides. This is where the moon plays her part. In the following interview, Kari discusses how they've organized their harvesting schedules around the cycles of the moon and why. But some say the river won't flow. They say it's gonna go My name is Kari Ryan and I grew up on the southwest coast of Norway and spent a lot of time by the ocean there and now I lived in the United States for about 28 years and um, feel very much at home here in southern Oregon. And uh, my husband and I, we started to harvest seaweeds and herbs, um, seaweeds for food and medicine, um, and herbs for medicine to make extracts and formulas uh, about 26 years ago. And we started out really small, and, um, but now the, now the business is supporting us. All right, I should say, now the, the business has supported us for many years. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of harvesting seaweed, where you do it, how you got, how you started doing it, and how it's changed over the years? Yeah, we started out really small when uh, our daughter was first born and even brought her with us um, and camped out on the beach. And uh, we didn't harvest very much in the beginning, but um, we... Uh, um, we'd harvest in the mornings and and, uh, and hang it up in a little little rack we made right on the beach to dry. And then in the afternoon, the fog would usually roll in, and when it was almost dry, it would get all wet again. <laughs> um, but 
that's yeah so we started out really small and then after we stayed at the coast different locations for a few years and, and uh, drying it out there we um, we decided to try to to bring it home and set up a better drying system at home and here in southern oregon it's very um, it's very dry inland so it dries really quick once we hang it up and so it gives really good quality mm -hmm. and um, yeah, our business grew over the years, um, mostly uh, just word of mouth, and um, um, it kind of just uh, uh, grown year by year, and, and now it's a full-time full business for myself and my husband, and, and with some part-time help. Mm -hmm. So why do you have to dry seaweed the, the way that you do? Can you tell me about that process, and what can, what can go wrong, and why you wanted to set up here inland in Williams? Well, seaweeds are, they're perishable, uh, like most ocean fish. And um, so it's important to, to um, for the nutrients and vitamins and everything um, to dry it fast. And the quality and the taste uh, is better. And it's been really nice to have our drying scene at home here. And then also we could have help from the the community, we could hire help easier than out at the coast, and um, and have help to hang out the hang up the harvest. And um, we work a lot with the youth in our, our local community here, and they really enjoy coming over and helping us out, and having a summer job, and learning some skills, and making some money. Can you tell me about the seasonality of the harvest and the processing? Yeah, the seaweeds um, we harvest in June through September, usually. Seaweeds are like land plants. They start growing with the, with the longer days in the spring and the cooler water from the cool uh, upwellings, or cold upwellings, I should say. The quality on most of the seaweeds are, are best in the spring, and then they get um, also larger as the summer, as some, as summer goes along. And um, you have to harvest at certain tides, right? So what times of month and cycles of the moon do you harvest on? So we go out when the tides are low, and they're low, um, they're low right around new and full moon. And um, so but right around, right at new and full moon, they're, they're uh, very early in the morning. So usually we wait a few days until the tides are a little later in the morning as the moon cycle or the tides change about 50 minutes every day. Mm. And we get up early in the morning and harvest and sometimes uh, um, the seaweeds need rinsing and then carrying up the hill or kayaking um, closer to the where we have vehicles. Then we have a driver who comes and picks it up and brings it home in the afternoon to our place here in Williams. How does that work with right around, say, with the full moon, you'll do harvests a couple days, like the two or three days before and two or three days after the full moon? Is that correct? Actually, we go after the full moon because then the tides are a little more, uh, they're a little later in the, in the morning. So it's, um, yeah, because we need to get up really early and mm -hmm. usually uh, get up around four in the morning and get our gear and, and food and everything together and and get down um, to the intertidal zone um, an hour or two before the tide starts coming back up again. 
the tides we're trying to catch are usually at the lowest, around um, between seven and eight. Um, and then it's 50 minutes later every day. And same around the new moon. It's right after the new moon mm-hmm. that the tides are low. That's right. I'm curious about with the connection to the moon, you know, obviously your business is so, your business and therefore your life is so dependent on when the moon is full and, and new. And I'm wondering if you've always been connected to, if you feel like your life has always been connected to the moon cycles or has it changed over the last 26 years of depending on the moon cycles for your, the time you have to get up in the morning to work, et cetera. Yeah, I feel like I always had a, a good connection to the moon, just by being a, a woman and having a monthly cycle. Um, I always really loved to follow the moon faces and and see the moon whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but our work here with the seaweeds um, have definitely deepened that connection. I feel that we're we're very influenced by the moon in general. Uh, one thing we noticed too is that the, how the moon cycles regulate the weather as well and not just the tides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very often here uh, a couple of days after new moon that we would get uh, low pressure um, coming in mm-hmm. and often thunderstorms or rain um, coming into our area. So that's very interesting mm-hmm. for yeah. us because we're dependent depending on the, the, the dry weather to to dry the seaweeds sometimes that can be a little tricky yeah so how do you navigate that if like you're harvesting right after the new moon and that's when the rain might come well sometimes we can't go Mm. and uh, we just watch the weather forecast really closely yeah having so much seaweed out there you wouldn't be able to get it get it down off the drying racks in time right if it were to rain no if it's if the if it starts raining, it's it's kind of usually gone unless it's just a little shower, and we lost a couple of harvests over the years, but mm-hmm. but not that much. How much do you generally harvest each day that you go out? How many pounds are coming back? Oh, probably between five hundred to fifteen hundred wet pounds, something like that. Wow. Yeah, and, and it, it dries down about. Some kinds dry down as much as um, uh, eight to ten pounds to one pound dry, mm-hmm. um, and most of them are about six or seven pounds wet seaweeds to one pound dry. So, what are the main types of seaweed that you harvest, and can you tell me a little bit about your seaweed products? Yeah, um, like I said, we harvest seaweeds for food and for medicine, and uh, some of the kinds we harvest for uh, food just for eating quality is the kombu. The uh, wakami, kelp fronds, or also called bullwhip kelp, mm-hmm. and um, nori, also known as laver, sea palm, bladderwrack as well. And then we make a variety of different powders for just for a nutritional supplement or for, um, you know, addition to soups and stews and to sprinkle on vegetables and rice and, and everything and popcorn. And um, and then we make encapsulated products as well. So how does the processing work with both processing everything from the drying rack to bagging as well as making powders? Do you head up most of that? We do a lot of it here. We, Like I said, we, we dry it all here. And the day after we hang it up, it's all dry. And take we take it down the next day in the afternoon. And, um, and then we 
sometimes we need to finish dry it a little bit to make it uh, completely crisp to to be able to put it away for until next summer or till the sales happen or some of it till next summer maybe even and um, then we take uh, some of it to a local um, organic farm that also has a, a big hammer mill that makes our makes the powders and then we send some of the powders and some blends of powder we send off to an encapsulation company to get encapsulated so taking me for what I am And I won't change my face again no more So taking me for what I am And I won't change my face again no What kind of challenges and successes have you experienced in in building the business over the years? Well, it was um, it was very very slow at first, and uh, we didn't do much volumes, and um, it wasn't quite enough to to make a living. But slowly, you know, it grew, and um, it really helped when we were able to get the wholesaler to to take some more products. And um, we just uh, really tried to have really good quality, really high quality, and and uh, all the way from harvesting and all the way through the drying and sorting and and uh, and packaging everything. And um, it seems like people appreciate that because we have uh, you know so many return customers and and um, and people are really happy with our products. Another thing we do is that we give thanks. We offer a prayer of thanks um, when we go to harvest, before we harvest. And I think that influences things as well. Do you have any rituals for that, kind of on the shore or once you're in the water? How yeah, usually on the shore before we, before we go harvest. We, we, we give thanks for the plants and for the ocean and for all the life there. And, pray for the well-being of all life there and pray that we be safe when we're by the shore or in the kayaks and, and that uh, um, the seaweeds the medicines will will benefit everybody who who will be using them do you go out and and harvest still or sometimes is it mostly I your do, husband but uh, mostly it's my husband and he he bring a few guys with him and, mm-hmm. and they stay out there for a few days at a time yeah. And I'm mostly here because somebody has to manage the drying scene. It sounds like you used to go out together, but now it's mostly your husband, James, who goes out with with a group of guys, and then you stay back, and it's, it seems like when I helped you, it was mostly women helping with the drying. And I'm curious just about like that 
gender split and if it's always been like that or if it gets mixed up at times? Sometimes we mix it up. Um, when our daughter's home, she loves to go harvest, and mm. sometimes I do. And um, but it's it's hard work and needs some muscle, <laughs> muscles. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, intense to be with the elements all day, and you know the paddling sometimes hard and strenuous, and the carrying uh, sixty to eighty pound bags it's it's heavy. So that's the reason we. <laughs> mostly use men for the harvesting. And a lot of them are uh, kayakers or surfers, correct? Yeah, most of them have some experience with the ocean or with, with kayaks. And here at home, I, I also employ men that, um, to help with the, the whole process and, and uh, young male teenagers. Uh, so it's often a mix. How has eating seaweed over so many years like affected your health you know, personally or have, how have you seen it? medicinally and uh, nutritively, I guess, affect the health of, of your community? Um, I feel it's a really, it's a really good, good thing to eat seaweeds a little bit every day or often for most people. And I think it's um, been beneficial to my own, my family's health. And we feel pretty healthy. Some years ago, we stepped up eating it even more or on a more regular basis and and my husband was noticing the aches and pains he had for some years, you know, they kind of went away. Um, the seaweeds have a lot of healing benefits. Uh, and the gels in the seaweeds are very healing to the whole body um, and the digestive tract as well. Yeah, there must be something about it because often when I'm in town, and this, is ha this has happened to my husband too, we go into a store or a bank or something and, and the people working there say, oh, how did you get such nice skin? <laughs> so wow. see if it's very good for your skin to, to eat it internally as well as using it as um, a facial mask or in a, in a bath. Do you have any favorite like herbal recipes for cosmetic care or... Um, we don't sell it anymore, but we used to um, sell a little bit of a facial mask that was mixed with clay. A little bit of seaweed powder goes a long way. So that's something one can do oneself, just mix, mix uh, powdered clay and seaweed and about a ratio of about one part seaweed to seven to ten parts clay, for example. What about in terms of women's health? Do you know about any medicinal benefits of seaweed? For women specifically, I think it's good for just to to improve the health of your body in general. I'm a believer in whole foods and nutrients, dense foods, and I feel that seaweed's playing an uh, important part there. Mm -hmm. I think when your body has everything it needs, then it functions well. In the herbal world, there are a lot of women, of more women than men. And it's, uh, it's very wonderful to see that the movements of herbalists and herbal users as well grow these days. Um, seems like people are really looking for ways to keep themselves healthy uh, without having to rely on pharmaceuticals and, and things mm -hmm. like that. I, I am very encouraged by the by uh, so many young people are seeking, seeking these ways, wanting to learn about herbs and the health benefits and finding, gathering herbs 
and processing them themselves, either from their gardens or in the wild. I'm very encouraged by that. On a silver sea and I rest sublime. I want my skin to stretch far enough wide, coaxing growth out of decay. Why seaweed for you, you know, of all the different plants that you could work with and that you could build a business around. Why did you end up doing it with seaweed? Well, I guess we, we found a niche and both my husband and I were plant lovers. And, and when we moved out here in 1989, uh, we were, it didn't take us long to make it to the, to the beach. And um, we just started doing it. We read about it and started tasting it and which ones were good. And we both just loved the ocean. And, and yeah, I grew up on the ocean. I spent a lot of time with my fishing with my dad, and that was some of um, my best time in my childhood. It's uh, such an amazing place to be in the intertidal zone, especially where it's just steaming with life. So much beauty. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about the the places that you spent time in your childhood? On it was mostly on the Norwegian coast. Is that correct? On the southwest coast of Norway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my dad used to go out, uh, we had a, had a little cabin there, and, and he used to set nets and baited lines, and used to go get up with him in early morning and go and pull the nets, and um, it's always very exciting and fulfilling. What kind of fish was he catching? A lot of different fish, I'm not sure if I know all the names in English even, mm-hmm. but a lot of cod, different kinds of cod, and flounder and mackerel and sometimes a little shark they're really good to eat I also wanted to know how do you personally cook with seaweed and do you have any favorite recipes that use seaweed Um, yeah we use a lot in cooking we use a lot just to sprinkle on our food especially the kelp fronds that we just flake it up crumble it up Um, and uh, yeah, some of my favorites is uh, actually to use seaweeds in, in uh, baked goods as well and in, in, uh, in um, desserts. It adds a very, um, it adds a really wonderful flavor with the salt and the, the minerals in there. And some of my other favorite dishes are um, just seaweed with stir fries like wakami or sea palm and... Um, I love kombu broth, also called dashi. It has a wonderful flavor. And I also love the kombu cooked really well and then marinated with olive oil and garlic, salt and ginger and other spices. So what are some examples of baked goods with seaweeds? But we do have a, a recipe of uh, kelp fran, almond, maple syrup cookies. <laughs> And I, I've added it to other kind of desserts like cobblers or raspberry bars. Yeah, and it's, it's also very good in bread and uh, traditionally used in English cooking, English and Scottish cooking, um, known as laver bread. And there you would just, in any baking, you would just add the dry powder in with the dry ingredients. Yeah, the, yeah. the powder or the flakes. Mm-hmm.
one thing we noticed that's been very interesting is the 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 very powerful new moon and uh, how it affects us um, often it seems like it's a little bit of a challenging time right before new moon uh, just uh, on an emotional or practical level even mm. I often find myself wanting to finish projects or clean up just before the new moon and then try to take a little break there um, to just feel that shift and another interesting thing is that seems like when we're the busiest of all times uh, with sales it's right around new moon who knew go figure yeah (laughs) what about the full moon how do you feel on the full moon well the full moon has a different energy with all its light and everything it's um, it feels more like a more masculine energy, expanding, strong and powerful, mm-hmm. energizing. Thanks for adding that. that. That's interesting, especially with the sales, I wonder. <laughs> it's just happened over and over again. For many years. <laughs> yeah. I'd be curious to hear if other people in business have a similar experience. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kari, for being with me. No, thank you for asking me. Bere mama, 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 Bele mama, bele mama, bele mama, That last song you heard was a round called Bele Mama, recorded this week at a women's singing circle. As for the seaweeds, I'd like to share some more recipe ideas to add on to Kari's cooking suggestions. I picked up a bag of her kelp fronds, and a recipe for their kelp frond almond maple syrup cookies is on the package. It's as follows. Grind a half of an ounce of kelp fronds to a powder in a blender or food processor. Then grind two cups of almonds. Mix the ground kelp and almonds with a fork, adding half a cup of maple syrup. Roll this mix into balls, flatten them a bit, and place them on an oiled cookie sheet. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit and bake for 20 minutes. And this recipe makes about 20 cookies. Sounds delicious. You can also add seaweed to sauerkraut ferments or salad dressings. For dressings... Add any seaweed powder in with your oil and vinegar, and you can get creative after that. I've also liked eating savory oatmeal with kombu seaweed and curry powder in it. It's extra yummy with an egg cooked into it and plenty of salt and pepper. Earlier this year, I picked up a seaweed bouillon recipe for broth. You can make this by mixing powdered seaweed such as bull kelp, sea lettuce, and dulse. The ratios are up to you. Then add powdered ginger, turmeric, cayenne, salt, pepper, and wasabi to taste. You can also add nutritional yeast. If you want to learn more about Kari and her husband James's company, you can find Nature Spirit Herbs online at naturespiritherbs.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Moon Podcast. The Moon Podcast features stories, conversations, and commentary about feminist agroecology from around the world. With content about women and by women, we can inspire each other to cultivate our own unique connection to our natural world. This episode featured Jessie Gray singing Fire Water, Alicia Lang's track called Hands on Fire, and various clips off of Elena Shelton's EP, Begin. 
This podcast is created and produced by Annika Rice. If you've been liking The Moon Podcast, please take a few minutes to review it on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments, get in touch via email by writing to themoonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at themoonpodcast. Happy New Moon, and catch you next time. Still you are.